Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are going to be talking about the 800-pound gorilla in the room politics. We're not going to talk about politics all four weeks. We got four different top topics. Each one's going to be uncomfortable. Each one is going to be have some tension in it. But this is one of the things when we started Freedom Church that I, as the pastor, was like, no, we are going to talk about subjects that are on your brain. Tough subjects, hard subjects. We will not shy away um, because they're on your brain. We're dealing with them. We're struggling with them. We need answers. And I really do believe that the Bible, while it may not speak specifically to your direct circumstance, like, hey, where do I go to college? It's not in there anywhere. But it does give you valuable life principles and guide you and God speaks to you. And so we're going to talk about the tough subjects today is politics and i will tell you up front that the goal for today is not for us to all agree politically (laughs) the goal for today is actually for us to be able to disagree politically and yet have no change in the dynamic of our relationship whatsoever All right, and I'll unpack this throughout, but that is the goal. And I will just tell you, most of you know this, but at Freedom, we are a diverse church, and I love it. As your pastor, I love it. We And it it causes some friction sometimes, but we we have people who who, uh, love Trump. We have people who hate Trump. We got people who... um, You take any hot topic, and I guarantee you we have polar opposite views of the subject. And at Freedom, I like that we get to model what it's like to come together even though we disagree on these subjects. And so um, I want to give you today five ways to navigate politics. I want to give you today five ways to to navigate politics and specifically for those who call themselves Christ followers. Okay, so if you're today here today and you're like, I'm not a Christian, I'm not a Christ follower, I'm I'm checking in. I'm really glad you're here and you get to kind of peek inside to see what is it that Christians, how should they be having these conversations and how should they be be living these out? Okay, because I'm going to be speaking more directly towards those who call themselves Christ followers and how we how, how biblical principles that give us um, direction on this. And I want to ask you a question to start. I'm going to put up a poll. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to get to talking. Hopefully I'll get to uh, publish this poll. It should be popping up pretty soon. But I want to ask a question of have you ever lost a friend due to politics? Have you ever lost a friend due to politics? Go ahead and, and answer that poll um, for me. And let me know, because in the in the church world, we are not known for coming together despite our differences. 
I'm not talking about people who are outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. We are not known for unity. It is a hot mess outside the world, but even inside the world. And in many ways, it can be, um, it's embarrassing sometimes. So I want to give us five ways to navigate this. The first one is breathe. Okay. You see it up there. Number one is breathe. All right, here's what I know about everyone that's on right now. You think you are right when it comes to your political views. If whoever, whatever your political views are, no one's in here saying, well, I'm obviously way wrong on this subject. No, myself included, I think I'm right, okay? But here's what I wanna show you uh, today, that um, even though we think we are right, we've all got a fly on our head. No one's, it's called self-awareness and great leaders. I'm not talking about Mike Pence specifically. Okay. So just blow that out your brain. Um, I'm talking about just leadership in general. All right. It's called self-awareness and we are not always self-aware. I've got a fly on my head. You've got a fly on your head. And so I just want to be open today to possibly there's some some things that God, not me, but God wants to speak in your life today. And here's the big one, right? God laid this on me about 10 minutes ago. I'm talking about your idols today. This is why the emotions are involved because idols do not like to get mentioned. The idols in your life do not like to be highlighted. I'm talking about the idol of America, all right? I love America, but for some of you, America has become this kingdom that is higher than than your spiritual kingdom. It says in Philippians chapter three that you are not a citizen of this earth, all right? Yes, I am a citizen of America. Don't get me wrong. I love America, all right? Huge patriot, but before I'm American, I am a follower of Jesus. And it says, I'm a citizen of heaven, very clearly. So I'm talking about your idol of Trump. Because some of you, some of you have, have you, you like Trump. You're going to vote for Trump. And he's your idol. Some of you hate Trump. You loathe Trump. You're no way you're going to vote for Trump. But he's still your idol. He has consumed your brain. I'm talking about your idols today. And so when I'm talking about your idols, one, it gets us angry. It gets us flustered. It gets us where we are not self-aware that there's an, there's a a fly on your head. And I want to, I want to help us move forward in that. Okay. Breathe, breathe. All right. So here's some rules. I know I mentioned Trump. We're talking politics today. But for the sake of our conversation today, this is going to be the, uh, the overarching principle here. All right. Be nice. <laughs> Let's be nice in the comments today. All right. I, I, would, I would go so far as to say um, I can't see the com- I haven't been watching the comments yet. Um, but I don't know. I, like, I don't know that this isn't necessarily like Democrats versus Republicans message. This isn't, I don't know why if we're mentioning Trump or Biden or, or um, 
I don't know that it's necessary for this conversation because it's just not the direction I'm going to go. Yes, I'm, it's in the illustration, but I just think the um, the emotions are so high. And anytime there's high stress and high emotion in the comments for today, be nice, but show higher grace. Because even if we're not commenting in all caps, when we talk politically like this, it almost seems like we're screaming. And so if if you're commenting, almost go extra high on grace to make sure that you're not condemning or judging or belittling um, anyone. So that's just my, I'm, I'm gonna like, I would just say high stress, high emotion, higher grace, be nice. Um, so those are my two rules. My third rule is, is this one here. Um, and it is, um, don't make fun of Cowboys fans. All right, they're one and three, folks. They're playing the Giants today who are 0-4. It's the battle for the basement. They're having a tough time, enough as it is already. So can we just not mention uh, the Cowboy fans? Give them some peace today. They got a they got an afternoon game to try to stay out of the the cellar. I'm sorry. I can't I can't I can't pass that up. Um, you know I love you guys. You know I love you. Um, all right, so the first one's breathe. Now um, I want to talk to you. Um, I want to give you a little bit of view of Jesus, this Messiah who Isaiah prophesied about. What 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 was the political scene when he arrived? When Jesus arrived, what was the the political scene? And um, Luke 13. I, mean, I could go over several examples, but Luke 13 jumped out to me this week. This is Jesus. He's he's answering a, a question, um, and he's not really talking about politics. But I want to point out how brutal it was. In Jesus's time. It says about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate, this is the Pilate that he stood before on his trial. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Okay, so you had Rome, which occupied Israel, Jewish territory. All right, they were brutal. They knew how to kill that was like their their job okay and even in this time they were people sacrificing at this temple and he just murdered them that's the political uh, uh climate that jesus entered into this world now if you also had the temple all right and we know this about jesus's uh death on the cross like the religious leaders of the day were also in power so you had Jesus being born into the scene, crushed between Rome, the empire. I mean, the great empire of Rome. And then you had the religious leaders in that area and they crucified Jesus when he said, hey, I'm God. And they're like, no, you're not. That's blasphemy. And they killed him for it. All right. That's the context in which Jesus was born. How did this wonderful counselor, this person who was going to be the Messiah, that, hey, his government is never going to be is never going to end that we saw in Isaiah. How was he born on this earth? Triumphantly? Not like what you would expect. Through a teenage girl. Born in a stable, in a manger with the animals where there is no room in the inn. That's where this king was born. Not like a king of royalty that you would expect but this was god's mission and god's plan and then when you look at jesus's life in john 16 
It says here in the verse, it says, when Jesus saw, he, start, he started his ministry, and he started healing people, and he started setting people free, and he started following him, and he got a big crowd of people that started to follow him. He did some miracles, and they saw that they were ready to make him their king because they wanted something earthly, and they were going to, hey, he, he's, he's working miracles. He can save us from Rome. That's what they wanted. And it says he slipped away into the hills by himself. My second tip for navigating politics, especially now, okay? Turn off the news. Breathe. Turn off the news. You, your, your, con, your go-to, your default when you wake up, is to check the fear cast. What am I supposed to be afraid of today? It drives up your anxiety. Okay, I, I won't say your. It drives up my anxiety. It drives up my anger. I've spent more time reading uh, news columns or watching the news than I do in my Bible. And that's a problem because now I'm operating on fear and not so much faith. And for some of you, if you look at your time in the news on Fox or CNN or whatever your, your uh, medium is of choice versus your time with God, and there's no comparison, and that's a problem. And here's the other thing I know, okay? It's not changing your vote. D debates are not, if they, you know, the one got canceled, but even if they did have the debate, your vote's not changing. So why not, why not? Go ahead and just lower your anxiety and lower your angry level, lower your fear. And this is what you got to know this. You know this fear sells. Fear distracts and fear divides. And, and they're making bank off of this. Turn it off. Give it a rest. Lower the anxieties. Watch this with Jesus. Because let's, let's continue to look at Jesus' political views, okay? When they wanted him to be king, he got away from the crowd. He quieted himself. Why did he go to be by himself? Often when he was by himself, he spent time with God. God, you drive my mission. Going on in, in, in 18, 16, this is where he's with Pilate on trial. And he says, very clearly, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. And they try to trap him in this throughout his entire life in ministry. They gave him a coin. They took a coin to Jesus and they said, um, Jesus, are we supposed to pay taxes? And they were trying to catch him because if he was going to, if he was going to say, yeah, pay your taxes to Rome, he was a traitor. And so they give, he goes, give me a coin. And he flips it over. He says, whose head is that? And they said, it's Caesar. He's like, pay Caesar what's Caesar's and give God what's God's. And he blew them away with their answers. When, when he got done with Pilate and Pilate sent him to his crucifixion, he said, my king, I'm a king, but not of, the, not of this world. And then those Roman soldiers, they, they, put a, they shoved a crown of thorns on his head and they spit on him and they punched him and they whipped him and they bowed down and mocked him in worship saying, this is the king. And Jesus stayed silent because he had a, not an earthly mission. He had an eternal mission. 
when even after his resurrection in Acts, we've been looking at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it, it's, it kind of sets up everything where we're going here. In, in Acts 8, he's like, hey, go tell the world about me. But right before that, look at this question that they asked. He says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, Jesus has already risen from the dead, okay? They saw his life, they saw his death, they saw his resurrection. What is on their brain? They kept asking him, Lord, is it for this? Are you ready for the earthly reign now? Is now the time that you're going to restore whose kingdom? Our kingdom, the earthly king. They still didn't get it. And Jesus, if you read in verse seven, says, that's not for you to know, one. And two, I'm not about earthly kingdoms. I'm about a mission. This mission, he says, you're going to start in Jerusalem. Then you're going to go to Judea. You're going to go to Samaria. And you will go to the ends of the earth being my witnesses. What's Jesus's political views? Neither. He's not taking sides, Republican or Democrat. He didn't come to pick a side. He came to take over. I love in Joshua, Joshua's leading the Israelites into the promised land. And he comes across the commander of the Lord's army with a sword drawn. And, and Joshua goes in and he says, hey, whose side are you on? Israel's or theirs? And I love the answer because the, he says, neither. I'm not about earthly kingdoms. I'm leading you into the promised land. But no, 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 make no mistake. My mission is restoring a right relationship between God and humanity because God loves the world. And the people of Jesus's time, they missed it. He was on mission and they missed it. And for us, the mission hasn't changed. And many of us, we are so absorbed we have missed it. When he entered into Jerusalem on his final week, what we know is Palm Sunday, he came riding in on a donkey, on a colt, and people started praising and singing, and they knew the significance that this is the Messiah. And they started yelling. What did they start yelling? Do you know? It was, Hosanna, 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 which means save now. Save us, this earthly kingdom. We want an earthly Messiah. Save now. But they lost focus because they were so absorbed in their immediate circumstances. He was riding in on a colt. And if they had been paying attention, that meant he was entering in as a peaceful Messiah. If he was coming in for war, he would have been on a horse. They missed it. And they were yelling Hosanna. And here's the thing that God wanted me to tell you today. I'm yelling now. But some of you, you have been yelling politically in this season for the past four years, for the past several seasons. You have been yelling so much politically and you've lost your voice and you're like yeah i'm tired i've just been going and spewing and going and i'm not talking about 
your voice verbally. I'm talking about where it matters. You've gotten so absorbed, you've lost focus of the mission. You've lost influence in people's lives. People's souls are at stake. Eternity is at stake on this. And Jesus never got distracted from it despite all the pull. We're going to make you king. I got to get away. You, you guys know this. You, maybe you haven't unfriended somebody on Facebook. Maybe you have. But for a lot of those who are, who are dramatic, especially when it comes to politics in this season, that unfollow button has become your friend. Like, man, they're having, <laughs> this is going to be a rough season. I do not want to follow so-and-so. And you know who that is. And so-and-so has lost their voice. No one's listening. The fly, the fly on, uh, on the forehead is that even though I may agree with you politically, okay? Let me, let me just put that out there. I may even agree with you. I may even disagree. But no one's listening. And especially when it comes to spiritual matters. The eternal matters. So I want to, if you'll receive that, we are citizens of heaven. And there's a greater mission. Jesus, politically, was like, I'm about another kingdom. He was very clear from that. From his birth, through his life, to his death, and even after his resurrection. We got bigger things, eternal things, to be more focused on. Even though everybody else is focused on the political. Jesus saw this coming. I got I to gotta get this going. <laughs> Jesus saw this coming. He saw that fear divides. And he prayed right before his resurrection. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed for you and I. And I want to show you this prayer. This is hours before his arrest. I mean, you're talking days. He's in his final hours here. This is what's on Jesus's brain. He knew there was something that could disrupt this mission. And it was division. He could look, he, he saw it. He could see Matthew, the tax collector, the traitor to Rome. He could look right in front of him and see Matthew, and he could see Simon the Zealot, who's in the same room, who's fighting for the Jewish cause. And he could say, Oh, these guys, they have such passion, they have such gifts. I'm going to use them. But if they didn't miss this, it could disrupt everything. And so he prays for them. And I want to read you this prayer. You see part of it there in 11. He says, you can read it all in chapter 17, a powerful prayer. He says, now I'm departing this world. I'm leaving. I'm, re I'm leaving God. They're staying in this world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them. Protect them from what, Jesus? Protect them from illness. Protect them from persecution from the government, protect them from, I don't know, travel mercies. Like that's what we, we like. To, what was Jesus's prayer for protection? Protect them from what, Jesus? 
give him, give him, give him uh, financial wealth, give him power, like give him, like protect. What's he praying for? He said, by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. Protect their unity. God, if they're going to fight, fight for unity. Wow. Wow, this is so huge. This is so, so huge in our toxic political climate. You've got to understand this. Jesus changed the game. He's totally changing the game here on how we view one another. He says, he says, I'm praying not just for these disciples that are here with me, but also, this is you and I, for all who ever believe me in me through their message, okay? And then he, this is the prayer. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Freedom Church, this is huge. So much is riding on this. And Jesus is praying this for you and I. Listen, your political candidate will win or lose on November 3rd or like a week later or a month later, who knows when, they will win or lose based on how people vote. But Jesus was very clear, the mission, the church will win or lose based on how you treat each other. This is the path forward. And the unity, the unity, this is not some kumbaya, oh, we all have the same political views and the same, we dress the same and talk. No, 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 no. I love the diversity. God loves the diversity. The unity is very clear. It's around the mission, the mission. And Jesus gave one command at Freedom Church. We only have one rule. We don't like rules. What's the rule? It's this. I'm giving you a new command. This isn't a, oh, good suggestion, a good idea. I'll do it if I feel like it. No, I can't command my feelings. I'm not always going to feel like this. A new command, love each other. Don't just love each other like you think you should love each other. Don't just love each other like Chick-fil-A loves you. Hey, my pleasure. No, love each other even greater than that. How Jesus loved you. He says, Ah, just as I have loved you, you should love one another. And your love for one another, uh-oh, here it is. This, is. this is how big this is. The world will know. It will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Christ followers, Freedom Church. When you look at the political spectrum and you look at people who call themselves Christ followers, this is not what we are known for. He doesn't just say tolerate someone who has different political views. He doesn't say just put up with them. Oh, no, no, no. Love them as I have loved you. How did he love you? He sacrificed his life. He gave up everything, humbled himself to serve you and I. And he calls us on that same mission. He says, take your cues from me. And I really do believe that we have more in common, even with the people who we have the most polarizing disagreements with, we have more in common than we do differences. 
And you may not believe that, but I believe that that person who you disagree with, they are made in the image of God. No matter how wrong you think they are, no matter how much you can't understand how they get from A to B on their political views, God loves them desperately and he died for them. And we've got to have that registered in our brain. And Jesus prayed that you would have that one registered in your brain. You're made, they're made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You are valued today. You are loved today. You have a mission and a purpose and a calling in God today. So I got three more things that I got to do as I round this up and I'll try to go through them fast. How do I love somebody then, Mike? In this political climate, all right? Breathe, one, two, turn off the news, lower your fear, lower your anxiety, lower your anger, turn off the news, silence the noise, okay? Number three, listen. Listen to people with different views and, and different opinions. All right, I'm looking at the poll. Most of you said, about a third of you said, I've lost a friend. A and, and, two, and, and about... Two-thirds said, no, I haven't, I haven't lost a friend. Some of us have had friendships where the dynamic of the relationship have changed, and that's been unfortunate. But in this season, find a friend that, make a friend, because you're like, I don't have any friends that have different political views. That's a problem. That, that should be a fly-on-the-head moment for you. Find other people who have different political views and just listen to them. That's just step number one. Don't talk. Don't try to prove a point. Just listen. Because that right there is going to start showing that you love and care about them. The second thing is understand. Start to learn from them. Because <laughs> many of us, we would be like, well, I just, I can't, I can't even understand how you could vote for Trump. I mean, I just, I mean, and I've, I've seen this. I've seen this a lot. On, okay, if you're, if you're voting for Trump, I want you to, you know, answer this, answer this, answer this. And, but it's not necessarily a, a um, you know, or if you're going to vote Democrat, I, you know, answer these questions. I mean, it it's gets lobbed back and forth. And we're not listening to understand. We're listening so I can then um, discredit however you answer. Like, it's just lobbing grenades back and forth. I'm talking about listen to understand because I'm, I'm a, I want to be a, a student of you, not a critic. I want to be curious. I know that God loves you and values you, so I'm going to listen. I'm going to try to understand, not to change my political views because you may never fully understand, but here's what I know. Almost every time Pastor Mike sits down and I get to hear your story, it's, it starts to make sense. Not that I agree with everything that you're doing, but I can see how you got there. I can see how you can make, how you, how you can make sense of it. I start to understand your cultural context and things you've experienced, things you saw, things you went through as a child, things you heard, and it starts to add up on how you got there. And now, I don't know if you could see this or not, listen, understand, and value, L-U-V, love. Now I can start to value you.
See, Jesus, he didn't come down condemning everybody. He had compassion on people. He listened. He knew their circumstances. Hi, I know you've been, you're the woman at the well. I know you've had all these husbands and the person you're with right now, he's not your husband. I know you just go from relationship to relationship to relationship trying to satisfy, but I've got a well that will never, you'll never go thirsty again. I know you're searching and you're seeking. I can see how you got there, but there's a better way. I can just value you and I can love you. And for some of you right now, you're like, I just can't. Like, if they're going to vote for that person, I just can't. You're better than that. And at the foot of the cross, it is equal ground. And you and I, we gave up our rights and our freedoms in this new kingdom of God to do anything less. This Freedom Church, I'm confident, this is the gospel. This is God's will for your life. Love one another just as Jesus loves you unconditionally. We may have disagreements politically, but it does not change the dynamic of our relationship. God loves you. I love you. Let's go on this mission together. Eternity is at stake. Jesus couldn't have been more clear. Eternity is at stake. Rome and the temple, are they there now? Gone. They are not eternal. America, Republicans, Democrats, they are not eternal. Do you, do you even, do you want this? Because this, this changes everything. This is not how our world acts. I'm not talking about changing your political views. Have political views. Go and vote. Seek God. Vote however he tells you to vote. You've got to answer to him at the end of the day. Not me. Not anyone else. I'm not... But can you do this? Do you want to do this on loving other people who are far from God, who are far different from you? Because this was his mission, and this is our mission. And the church has an opportunity right now to model this. And I can't control a church down the street. I can't even control you. But I'm going to set the tone and, and lead, and I want you to help me lead for Freedom Church to be the model. And when a handful of people, because that's what the church started with. Hey, Jesus, is this kingdom, is now the time when you're going to start this kingdom? No, that's none of your business. You got a mission. Go tell people about me. You're going to go be my witnesses to the world. They had a handful of people when they started. And a handful of people, despite all the opposition of Rome, despite all the opposition of the temple, I mean just oppression and persecution and all their rights and freedoms stripped away. They got it. They got the unity peace and they changed Western civilization as we know it. They changed the world. The fabric of society was shaken at its roots with this idea of God loves you. 
love unconditionally. You're valued despite our differences. And when the church rallies around this mission of an eternal kingdom, this is God's design. And this starts to change lives. Extraordinary things will happen, freedom. Because we serve a great God, but even more importantly, because something extraordinary happened. That's the gospel. These guys lived it out because something extraordinary happened. Jesus lived. He died. He pointed them to a greater kingdom, and he was alive again, and they told the world about it, and they made that their mission. For God, I remember, John, I remember he said this. <laughs> oh, I got to write this one down. He was talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was so far off the spectrum. He was thinking earthly. Nicodemus was like, oh, how do I be born again? Do I got to physically go into the mother's womb? That doesn't make sense. And Jesus like, no, 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 it's not earthly. You got to be born of the spirit for God, Nicodemus. Yes. For God so loved, not just the Jews, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, Nicodemus, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, no matter which way they vote, no matter what their views are, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. That's the mission. That's the mission. Breathe. Turn off the news. Silence. Silence the distractions. Listen to people. Even when you don't agree, go make a friend. Go make a friend who's far different. I'm telling you, that will change your life right there. And don't try to change them. Understand. Learn from them. And value them. Love them. Love them. And you'll see the world change. Freedom, I love you. I gave it my all today. I gave it my all. I got that there breaking out, <laughs> but I love it. Um, I want to close with this. Some of you today, God's shown some idols in your life. You may be angry at me. That's fine. Send me an email. I, I, we'll talk it out. I, I still love you. But some of you, God may have shown an idol and you need to repent today. Say, this has elevated. Maybe it wasn't even about politics. Maybe it was something else. Right here, right now, between you and God, you got to answer to him, not to me. Give that over to him. Whatever he's calling you to do, don't delay. And for some of you today, this Savior who died for the world, he's, he's calling to you. Saying, I love you unconditionally. This mission, this message was all for you. And he's speaking to your heart today. Would you give your life to him? I want to give you an opportunity. I want you to say yes to Jesus right now. And if that's you right now, you know he's calling your name. You've never given your life to him. You've never fully surrendered and say, yes, I'm going to live for Jesus. I've been living my own path. If it wasn't for Jesus, I, I mean, he's saving my life right now. And I'm going in a bad direction. I'm going to give my life, turn from that and start living for him. Put in, I receive Jesus in the comments right here, right now. Just put it in. We want to celebrate with you. 
And I want to pray with you right now as we close out our services. Let's pray together. You pray this prayer. This matches your soul. Dear God, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And today I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, come into my life. I need you, Jesus, because government's not going to save me. Circumstances changing aren't going to save me. I need a Savior. I need something outside this world to save me. Hmm. I give my life, come into my life, be my Savior, forgive me. He'll willingly forgive you of your sins. Jesus, in the best way I know how, I receive you and I receive salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Again, if that is you today, I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. He has a mission. Let's go. Let's do this. Make your first step. Put in, uh, I receive Jesus, and let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast that really does get the message out to other people faster as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week and finally if you want to partner with us financially head on over to our website click the word give that's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster have a wonderful week god bless